You're listening to a bonus episode of the Accounting Influencers Podcast, Talent in Accounting, with Rob Brown. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. It's the Accounting Influencers Podcast with a talent special. I'm Rob Brown. I'm thrilled to have with me today back for the second time, Robin Clark. Good day to you. Hello. Good day to you too. Thank you for having me. Rob, Robin, we had such a good time last time. We were talking about employee needs and how they're shifting. And we'll put a link to that show in our show notes. But for the benefit of our listeners, watchers that haven't seen that, just summarize some of the things we talked about there. Yeah, you know, we really talked about, and by the way, it was great to be a part of that other show. So thank you for that. And in that discussion, we really did get an opportunity to talk about kind of how employers can look at creating a great employee value proposition and using employee needs at the center of that. So if they can think about what's important to people, they can think very strategically and thoughtfully about how to engage and grow and keep the people that they need in order to do the work that they want to do. I mean, there's a great win in it from both sides, you know, for people, they feel that they're an environment that helps them to be more successful. And for organizations, they get to have, you know, the best talent with them that they really need in order to achieve their goals and objectives. So how can they use that information to make it work? And we talked about being the employer of choice and building employer brand. The thing that struck me is that there's no one size fits all anymore in in professional firms and any companies. It's pretty much one size fits one because we're dealing with individuals, different genders, different ages, different cultural backgrounds. There's no cookie cutter approach, is there? There is not. I mean, there really isn't. We talked a lot about employee needs. And then we talked about three that kind of bubbled up to the top. But what's really interesting is that... um, the needs that are met and unmet are actually, there's one that's the same in both of those categories, right? So um, lifestyle is right at the top in terms of what people want. Some people feel that it is most met inside their organization and some people feel it is least met in their life. We have almost equal amount of people. So it just goes to say that that is a very personal decision about what is kind of working for you. And there is no sort of one size fits all. It doesn't mean, though, that organizations can't say who they want to be. And that's why I said in the last one, they should decide who they want to major and minor in and they get really good at being that so that the right people can be attracted to your organization. And this is what you do at Winning Wise in helping companies shape their culture and their leaders to grow. And you talked about some really fascinating research into employer needs. And one thing that came out really strongly is this need that people have for growth and mastery and career development. Just unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah, I, I think that's so important because, you know, people really do have this huge need around career development and they're using the words uh, personal growth or career achievement to think about those two things. Growth being the way that I can grow and, and be better, stronger, smarter and more capable and career achievement being about the way that I progress. You know, something I think that is really important for people to think about, and this is like, I almost think of it as the starting point of, as you think about career development for yourself, most people think about career development as projection. You know, they think about it as promotion. If they're getting promoted, they're being developed. And if they are not, they are not. And that's not necessarily true at all. Career promotion is what we call career achievement, 
not development. And what is significant about that is that, you know, if you think of um, your career development only as projection or promotion, right, then you're always waiting for something to happen to you. You're waiting for somebody to do something for you. And that can put you in a real unempowered kind of place. Career development is something that you actually do for yourself because it focuses on the growth part. And that's something that you can be in charge of and get rocking and rolling with every single day. Because what happens when you focus on the development aspect is when those opportunities become available, you're ready. I can't tell you the amount of people that I have coached individually who have been disappointed, embarrassed, ashamed, sad, because opportunities actually came available that they could be promoted into, but people didn't feel they were ready because they focused on too much on waiting as opposed to growing. I think that's huge for people to be aware of. And if I can point out a gender bias at this point, I, I did a series of panels with prominent and influential female leaders in the accounting and fintech world recently. We did 14 of them. And so we're talking about managing partners of big accounting firms that are women, heads of professional associations and networks and alliances. And one thing came out that Men are quite bold in going for a job they might not even be ready for or qualified for. Whereas women feel they need to get all their ducks in a row and everything's got to be perfect and they've almost got to be overqualified to go for something. And that spoke a little about confidence. Absolutely. You know, that that is one of, we, when we help people grow, we always help people work on what we call these winning action strategies for growth. And confidence is one of the nine. You know, confidence is so important. It's a kind of a two-sided little animal, which I think is important for people to recognize because they get confused by that and don't always work on the right side. One is how confident I feel about me, right? That's confidence. The other side of it is how confident you feel about me, right? That is hugely important too. There's two sides to that. And both of which are significant when you're thinking about how to be projected. So when I don't feel confident about me, I don't do what you just said. I don't say to people, Hey, let me have a shot at that role. That's what I want to do. When I don't feel that I spend a lot of time back here organizing myself and my stuff, because I don't feel ready to say that. If you don't feel confident enough in me, and I'll tell you that happens to women a lot. I get a lot of calls that mostly she, I do get a few on men to be fair, I do, but I get a lot of calls on men that she doesn't have it. She's just not quite ready to go into that more executive role. And when I peel back the onion on what it is, it's almost always confidence, but it's the confidence that others feel in women. And I know it's harder because our voices are higher. Our bodies are smaller. You know, we just don't seem to take up the same amount of space as a man may take up. Um, and that's a big part of it. So we almost have to, it, it, you know, you almost have to compensate and work around that, but it's, it's still possible to be able to help people grow their confidence in you as well. But you have to be aware of that, very aware. And if I'm an employee in an accounting firm uh, and I'm wanting to progress, to what degree must I have my hands on the steering wheel of my own career driving and driving that and saying, this is what I want, this is what I need? And to what extent is the employer responsible, Robin, for saying, hey, these are possibilities for you. These courses are available. This is where we feel you should go. Or is it a team job? In an ideal world, it's a team job, right? It has to, but it has to be driven by the individual. Nobody can ever want something for you in your life more than you do. And sometimes that can happen, right? Sometimes 
you find that, you know, a boss or somebody else wants something more for your life than what you actually want. So you've got to get in the driver's seat of your own life. Talk about it. Think about what your big ambitions are. It's really important to seek feedback and then stay in conversation. The more you stay in conversation, then the greater opportunity you have to really develop that partnership with your boss to help you. And, and obviously that's ideal. I wouldn't suggest ever going at it alone, um, but really to be able to get in conversation. Now I get it. You know, some managers are way better at helping you than others. If your direct manager isn't as helpful to you, then make sure you build a relationship with another leader that might be inside your organization because they can be a huge advocate and a huge champ for you. I always say, you know, look around and build your fan base. Super important to have advocates and champions around you if you want to see your career grow. Well, mentors are too, because you get so close to your own career, you can't see the possibilities. You can't often see what you're really good at. So you need that external input and perspective to start to identify what your sweet spots are and what's possible. For you. you know, that to me, that kind of speaks to self-awareness. Another really important uh, quality and capability. It's really important to be able to take feedback, right? And to make sure that other people have a positive experience with you, because not only do you want people to experience you positively, you also want people to experience themselves positively when they're around you. That is very different and very significant. So being able to take feedback well can help on both of those angles. If you are hard to talk to, meaning you're defensive, you are in denial, you avoid hearing feedback. If you are hard to talk to, people will stop talking to you and they'll start talking about you and it won't be favorable. So, you know, it's really important if you want to be able to progress that you are super, super all ears to, um, to feedback. So once you've identified the direction you want to go, that sweet spot, if you like, or a career path, what are ways an employee can drive that forward? You really drive it forward. The most important thing you can do to drive it forward is to focus on personal change, right? So, um, you know, a lot of people will say to me, I wanna grow, I wanna develop, I want more opportunity, I want a bright future. Well, I don't know if I wanna change, I just wanna grow, right? But it's really hard to be sure that you are ready and prepared for those opportunities when they come your way, if you're not really focused on personal change. And that means you should identify your development focus, create a real plan to move that through, and then communicate your wins and achievements. Here's another thing. People don't notice your growth. They just don't. It doesn't mean they're awful. It doesn't mean they're not attentive to you. It means they're busy with their own life. They are quite honestly busy with their own growth. So it's really important for you to be talking about, hey, this is something I really learned, or I just had a chance to really get engaged on this project and it gave me a whole new view of the industry. I see things very differently now. And use those conversations to test ideas and to show people that you really are growing in thought and capability. And that's significant to be sure that people see you as ready for those roles when they come up. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Robin, because we're so lousy, aren't we, at seeing our own growth? Yes. Particularly in, in professional services, you deal with a lot of high achieving people and, and professionals, executives. They hit a goal and boom, what's the next goal? And they don't necessarily celebrate that win or acknowledge how far they've come to nail that. So we have blind spots. Absolutely. And hitting a goal is great. 
it doesn't necessarily mean that you've grown. The growing happens when you reflect on the learning. What did I learn in that goal? What challenges did I overcome? What insights did I get? What did I, you know, expose myself to that I hadn't exposed myself to before? And then how am I communicating and applying that learning going forward? You know, people will say to me all the time, I don't have time to develop. I don't have time to do the stuff in the plan. Well, your development plan should never be beyond what you're doing. It should be about doing what you're doing. That's what your plan should really be about. It should take zero extra time, just a little extra thought. I love it that you're bringing out this idea of individual needs because you don't want to be on someone else's career path and you don't want to be on the career path that is laid out for hundreds and thousands of people that went before you. So you've got to identify your own personal needs, communicate those needs and play to your own strengths and your own values. That does take a huge amount of self-awareness, introspection, but also getting that accountability and perspective from coaches and mentors and colleagues so that you can create career capital and, and build the path that you're in charge of. Yeah, I like to think about it this way. Are you using the, sur- the thriving or the surviving model, right? Because you can build a career either way. The thriving model is aligning your talents, like what you're really good at and you're capable of, with what you love, your passions, and then deciding how much effort you really want to put into that, right? Because some people put way more effort into their work than other people. And so when you put together your talents, your passions, and your efforts, and you can put those in a pretty cool package, that is the thriving model. Now, you don't want to get misaligned in that process, right? Because sometimes we do, like sometimes we're really passionate about something we're not that good at. So you've got to look for those things that align. I know when I was a kid, I wanted to be a singer. And I said to my mom, you know, all the time, do you think I can be a singer? And I was always walking around singing. And she said, well, you never know. Voices can change. So I wasn't sure that my passion was aligning with my talent. So I became a public speaker instead. So there are other options, right, to be able to kind of move yourself forward by putting those pieces together. That is really important. That's the thriving model. For some people, they end up in the surviving model, which kind of goes along the lines of what am I not that bad at? What do I not mind doing too much? And where's the money? Because when that's your focus, that's a survival model. I'm not saying you can't make money that way. I'm not saying you can't You probably will have a career that way. I doubt it will be a career that you really feel like you're thriving and you're growing. Talk to us about strengths versus weaknesses. The historical thinking has been to shore up your weaknesses, make sure you're well-rounded professional. But then you hear stories around playing to your strengths and say, find out what you're really good at and focus on that to create some blue sky between you and your competition. As an example, Tiger Woods, he's passed his best in golf now, but for a time, he was one of the best drivers off the tee. I'm not a golfer myself, but that's that first shot where you've got to hit it long and you've got to hit it straight. And he was he was amazing at that. But in bunker play, getting out of the sand, he was one of the worst in the professional field. So his coach was asked, what do you spend most time training Tiger Woods on? Is it getting out of bunkers or is it driving off the tee? And he said, driving off the tee because he gets so good at that that he never ends up in a bunker. Right. That's what I was just thinking. He won't need to worry about the bunker too much because, yeah, if he drives straight and where he you know, gets to what he's aiming for, he'll be in much better, much, much better position. I think the same is true. In professional life, would you work on your weaknesses if you if there is something holding you back or would you say, let me fly with my strengths because I'm, I'm really going to make a difference there? 
Yeah, I think you're going to want to fly with your strengths because it's all going to be about the way you play your game. But let me kind of explain how that has to work, right? So, um, so if you think about a leader, for instance, right, there's kind of four big areas that a leader would want to be able to work in. You've got to deliver results. You've got to be able to think big and strategic. You've got to engage people and you've got to grow people. Right. You know, I've got to think in the short term and in the long term, I have to think about the people in the task. So I have to be able to cover if I'm a leader, all parts of that role. I can't just say, you know, well, I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead strategically. And, you know, who cares about the people? I, you know, leadership, you could argue, would be easy if it weren't for the people. But you kind of have to include the people in the equation. But you also can't just include the people and not include the work. So how do you look at the role that you're aiming for or the work that you want to do in a holistic way so you can, so you can get in that game? And then how do you apply your strengths? If you know, for instance, that you are, you know, positivity is a big strength of yours, right? Then you want to think about how do I apply positivity to how we look at the market and how we think strategically? How do I take positivity and apply it to the way that I'm working and engaging with people and, and the way that I see their potential? So take what you have and leverage it around the game, right? If you happen to be a big strategic thinker, Okay, that's great. And somebody else may not be, but maybe you're a person who's really innovative with your ideas. You're kind of a big thinker. How can you apply that around the game? How can you work with people in a way that draws that out of them? How can you grow people in a way that that's the focus? In other words, play the whole role, but play it your special way. Now, you might get feedback from other people to the contrary, right? You may get feedback because you they see a gap in something that you're not is great at. So, you know, you'll listen to that feedback and need to negotiate your role and negotiate the expectations of those around you so that, you know, you can use the resources that you have available to cover any gaps that you're not as great at. And you can use your strengths to be able to apply those for the maximum win for all those around you. Look at the role, look at yourself, put the two together. Don't just play your strengths in a vacuum though. And expect that that's going to be a win. Because if you do that, you know, you could be over there doing something that's not relevant to creating opportunity and value for an organization. And you might find that there's a miss. And we all have strengths and weapons and weaknesses. I'm reminded of the quote that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Mm -hmm. so when you look at the qualities of people, you might come across someone that's reflective and considered. But that could be leveled at them as a criticism because they're not action-oriented. Right. And right. gung-ho and really go for it and back themselves. So you've got to be careful evaluating your skills and that of others. You do. That's what I mean. Like you have to look at the well-roundedness of a role. Let's say that you are that considerate and thoughtful person. Like you're very measured in decision-making and you're, you know, then let that play out when there's a really difficult decision and take a role trying to facilitate uh, people looking at the whole picture and looking at it from a bigger view and letting people see, you know, the different consequences of that add value in the way that you do. If you're not the most action oriented person, get somebody around you who is and who knows how to take that first step and, you know, will create movement so that then, you know, together as a team, you're able to cover the pieces that you need. Um, and that's how you can make your strengths kind of unique and special and an important part of the role that you're playing, as opposed to people seeing what you're not doing, they'll see what you are doing. That's great. And if you're very intentional with your own career, you can accelerate. It's not linear. You don't have to. Accountants is famous for serving your time, Robin. 
Okay. You, you've got to be in this job for three to five years, and then we'll take a look at progressing you. But there are ways you can hack that, shortcut that, and accelerate your career path trajectory, if you like, by getting some of these things right, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, I don't know what the exact time frame has to be for each role, but, you know, there are some kind of things that you can work on that can that can make that work. For instance, understand the role above you that you're looking to go into and get in conversation with your leader about the skills, capabilities, qualifications, what they see in that kind of a role. And then start delivering that in your current role. A lot of organizations, it drives people crazy and I get it, but a lot of organizations don't wanna promote you to the next role until they see you performing that next role. And people are like, but how does that work? I'm not in that role. How can I perform in that role? You start performing in that role, in the role that you're in. And all of that starts with planning and communication. So that's how you as an individual can take charge of driving that forward. I know it makes people crazy mad when they get that sort of feedback because they've spent a whole year waiting, thinking it's time for them to go to the next role. And then they get, get the feedback. Well, we didn't really see you. And then you're another year shot. So get thoughtful about that. Just know that that's how a lot of organizations think. Um, it's less often about the amount of time that you're in a role and more what they want to see. But you do have to have reasonable timing expectations too. I know that, you know, we get sort of trained in school that every year we're going to get a promotion. I go from sixth grade to seventh, right? Every year I get promoted and I get promoted if I just do the work, you know, that's all I have to do. So it's really different in the career fields to get promoted. You have to often be performing at the next level while you're in the level that you're at. It doesn't happen on a calendar year. It happens because you get thoughtful, intentional about your plan and your path. So people need to realize it's very different than kind of how we were brought up, so to speak. It's not just a question of how long you've served. I'm thinking in church circles, I'm a committed Christian, Robin, and people will say, I've been a Christian for 25 years. And you think, well, how wise must they be? How, how full of faith must they be? But often you've seen that they've been a Christian for one year and they've just stayed where they are for the next mm -hmm. 24 years, and they've not grown, they've not developed their faith, they've not deepened their relationship with God. So right. you do get that with people that feel that just by hanging around, I will get that promotion. But that's not the world we live in now. Nope, it's not. And that's why growth is so important. You know, I, as I mentioned in the other podcast, you know, with personal growth and mastery being in the top three needs, I think people are beginning to realize that I can't just show up, I have to grow up. You know, and I have to really be thinking about how I can be at my best and how I can continue to evolve. And, and ideally, that's the focus. It's not what's the next role, but it's how am I growing and developing so that I have choices of multiple roles and opportunities that come my way. I mean, that is the best way to kind of create a career that you feel really excited about, you know? And in closing, Robin, we'll put your details in the show notes. I'm reminded of a quote by Martin Rutter, who is a, an American spiritual coach, and he says, You've got to do it by yourself, but you can't do it alone. Absolutely. We get so close to what we do. And this is where winning wise comes in, isn't it? And how you help people get there faster. I mean, that's coaching, right? That's what coaching is all about, is having that sort of support system that you go through that. Your coach isn't going to do it for you, but your coach can be your sounding board. They can be you know, helpful to you and advising you and just getting thinking deeper and richer about making the action plans that you want to make. We do have to create our growth ourselves. Like no one can do that for you. It's important though, that people know you care about it People know you're working on it. People know when you achieve it because the truth about careers 
is you don't make all the decisions about your life alone. That's the truth about careers. Other people around you make a lot of decisions about your career and your future with or without your input, right? I mean, that is the truth. Other people decide if they're going to put you in a certain role or not. Other people decide if they're going to hire you, if they're going to reward or bonus you. So that's why our careers are such a a team, kind of a partnership we act. And that's why it's important to not try to do it by yourself, even though you have to embrace grow yourself. Like you have to make the choice to change and grow yourself. You just really, I can't encourage people enough to be talking to each other about it. Robin, this has been terrific. Would you leave uh, our listeners and watchers with a few words of wisdom, a call to arms, if you like, to help them really get their hands on their own career and accelerate what they're doing and be a lot more intentional with their career development? Yeah, you know, I think for sure it always starts with self-awareness. You know, spend a little time in some introspection and reflection to be thinking about where am I today? Where do I really want to be? You know, be able to look into the future and think about that vision. And don't just think about the roles, but rather think about the way that you want to engage and interact in those roles. I think that self Um, kind of reflection piece is really important. And then once you kind of discover the gap, be thoughtful and say, do I have the will and skill? Do I have the capacity and commitment to be able to move myself forward in that gap? What can I take on now and in what way? And then be sure that you're starting to walk the steps of that. Make your plan and intentionally, very intentionally walk those steps and don't forget to talk about it. You know, those things can make a huge difference and being able to go forward. If you don't get intentional about that, other people will use you to achieve their goals. Do you know what I mean by that? Like they'll put you in a role because it's good for them. They wanted to have that particular job covered or they'll, you know, they'll move you into, into a certain project because, you know, they need a warm body sitting over there. Other people will use you to be able to move where they want to go. And if you're not thoughtful in your reflection and you don't decide what you're committed to and then get moving in it, you'll kind of sort of be moving with the stream. And you might still have some good things happen, but you won't feel empowered. You won't feel that sense of autonomy and that sense of control. So it just depends on how important you feel it is to create your career. And if it is, get after that. <laughs> Robin Clark, that's that's been exceptional. Thank you so much for your passion and your insights today. You are so welcome. So good to be with you again. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. 